Welcome to episode 301 of the Drunk Dash Podcast. I'm your host as always, I'm Tyler, and joining me with the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Cables. What's up, buddy? Hey, Tyler. Man, I am exhausted after this fucking week. <laughs> but, uh, man, I've just been going through playing a bit of video games here and there, but overall, I'm doing alright. At least I survived another week and another paycheck, so... Yeah, it's always good. So, how have you been? Uh, about the same, you know, first, uh full week back this week after last week being a short week because of extra life mm-hmm. uh, so exhausting also long uh, with uh, Pokemon coming out this Friday you know I have, I have mixed emotions about uh, the Friday release date on one hand it's cool because you have um, you know it's like oh cool get off work Friday got a weekend to play it on the other hand it makes the week feel long oh yeah wait till the end of the week it's like you're already you're excited for Friday it's already a long week and then got some a big game coming out on, on Friday. It just makes it feel longer. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm better. At least it's not like old Nintendo where they release games on Sunday. That's true. Like, fucking crazy assholes. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I've been playing a lot of games. So, uh, after uh, beating Assassin's Creed, I've been trying to, uh, you know, play, play some shorter games, not really get anything big, just kind of go with flow. Don't want to... Uh, give myself anything major, uh, especially uh, you know with Pokemon coming out uh, yesterday. Yeah. So, yeah, doing okay though. Um, nothing too exciting new with me. Um, but yeah, anything new exciting with you before we get into the meat and potatoes of the show? Well, let's see. Currently, at the moment, I've kind of given a little bit of uh, World of Warcraft a break for the oh, time okay. being. Because uh, I tried playing a little bit this past week, but I only played like maybe not even close to an hour at the most before I decided, oh, you know what? I am going to do something else. <laughs> but uh, other than interesting stuff, gosh, had a crazy wild day where I actually found a freaking, uh, what is it, like a like a rolling desk or something like that for cheap, like about oh, 15 cool. bucks. And uh, yeah, the process of moving it was kind of interesting because... I had some of the guys at uh, my workplace load up the thing in the back of uh, my vehicle, you know, and all of a sudden I get I get it home, right? I take out the drawers, and here I am carting a dolly down this grassy hill and stuff near my place and trying to go forth and move it. And uh, by myself, I actually managed to move this big old rolling desk, and I got it, like, right across from where I'm recording right now. So it's interesting. Everything else... Looks pretty fantastic in the room at the moment, but uh, other than that, though, yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty much what uh, has been going on. That's cool. Um, yeah, I, I went to multiple different stores today to find the uh, the Pokeball Plus for Let's Go Pikachu, and yeah, finally got. It. Now I have two of them, so that's the thing. You know? <laughs> uh, I'm selling one to Justin though, so it's gonna get, it's gonna go to you. Good. There use. you go. Yeah, it's gonna go to a good home. Uh, but I guess since we're, you know, we, we, I mentioned a few times already, I guess we should jump into, uh, what we've been playing, um, before, yep. cause we both, we both been playing Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. Yes. Um, I, should we talk about, I mean, I don't, have you played anything else besides that? Yeah, I actually have played a little bit of, like, uh, other stuff. Okay. Let's see. For example, I still have been, uh, playing a little bit of Dragon Ball Fighters while recording, 
uh, for Thursday and Friday night, let's see, was kind of interesting. Thursday night, the first time playing the game in almost a week, I managed to go forth and do a little bit of practice rounds with some of my characters. And then when I went online, I was just meeting like tough opponent after tough opponent after tough opponent. I think I won maybe two matches or something in all for ranked mode last like uh, last Thursday. And I basically felt like uh, I was doing the best that I could at that point. But at the same time, I kept meeting up with players that would consistently go forth and uh, do various combos, say with Trunks, to where they would bounce me off the wall and then all of a sudden get into like what it seemed like almost near-infinite combo with stuff. And uh, let's see, Friday night I fared a bit better, actually. As a matter of fact, I think I maybe won... I think I won most of my matches that I nice. went ahead and played that night. And I, I was up against some pretty decent people, too. So from the familiarity of what I was going with with some of my characters I'm using, the difference starting off before Friday night is before recording, I went ahead and uh, did a little bit of practicing and stuff, tried to get used to different types of combos other than what they show you inside the game. And I ended up trying to and experimenting with a bunch of different type of things to try to make it more or less my style, my experimentation and stuff. And it actually ended up working quite well for the online ranked mode for last night. I was up against someone who was using characters like uh, Vegeta and Goku along with, uh, I believe it was Trunks or something. And they were pretty decent in terms of like, not just uh, comboing, but also the timing with the assists so that I would be launched into the air for, like, different types of air juggles and stuff. But, uh, yeah, when it came up to that, I used a bunch of uh, different combos in combination with uh, Piccolo to where I send him in the air with, like, a down-heavy attack, and then all of a sudden it's like I do light-medium, light-medium, and then down then down on the directional pad uh, heavy attack in order to launch him in the air with this high knee strike, then I vanish behind them, hit them, have them bounce off into like a dragon rush and stuff. It's just stuff like that I ended up just experimenting with just to see what would happen. And the way you actually get better inside that game is if you just take some time, go a little bit of the actual training mode, barring like what combos and stuff. Because the thing with me is I'm trying to get used to the combos first and then go through... Bits of training stuff, see if I can get the CPU at the highest level possible without feeling too overwhelmed, which in my case is like around 80, I think. Hmm. So, nothing too bad, but uh, yeah, my combination of uh, Piccolo, Android 16, and Hit actually managed to do pretty well for me, which I'm happy about that, you know. But uh, as far as other games I have been playing, well, let's see... Yeah, it's been kind of like hit and miss since like Extra Life because I haven't really found that one game that I've been wanting to go back and just try to finish. I tried streaming a little bit of uh, playing a, playing some Heavy Rain. I think it was on Tuesday or something like that. And uh, immediately, as soon as I powered, I powered like uh, booted up and stuff, and I played like the first couple chapters. Everything just started coming back to me, and it's like, oh god, these children look ugly. Yeah. Oh god, these freaking balloons and stuff. It's like how it all of a sudden my enjoyment from the game turns into me just critiquing little bits of this uh freaking uh the way the cutscenes are panning out and in terms of how even though 
in that instance where Ethan Mars is freaking covering his child while diving in front of the freaking car, somehow the kid manages to die. <laughs> Gosh. Just stuff like that, you know, where it's like... It's it's just little things about, like, heavy rain in general that kind of, like, bug me. Because it's supposed to be this kind of, like, a campy sort of, like, survival horror sort of, like... Ex- like, uh, adventure game and stuff where you choose your own choices in terms of... Uh, who you think the uh, origami killer is and this and that but at the same time there's a lot of quirks there's a lot of inconsistencies in terms of like terms of plot points and characters and uh yeah it's kind of made me want to just to turn off the game after the first hour or something that i was playing it because <laughs> bear in mind i've played that game to death back in the day to the point where i actually had the platinum for heavy rain which you know what i don't regret doing that because I did have a chance to play that game inside it out. The repercussions of it, though, is the replayability after I did that has dropped significantly, and uh, it wasn't until right this year where I had the craving, okay, I'm going to go forth and I'm going to download this game uh, roughly around, I want to say, six or seven years after getting the platinum for it and see if I can actually enjoy the game playing through. And like I said, hit and miss. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for what I've been playing at the moment. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually, I remember went back, because uh, if you pre-ordered Detroit Become Human, you got a free copy of Heavy Rain. Yeah. Uh, and I, I was playing that before uh, Detroit came out. And I remember, I got I got past the Jason, Jason, <laughs> Jason part, and I'm just like, eh, I'm good. I'm oh, good. I know. And I only played it through know. the one time. But, I mean, it, it was, I mean, I, I think it's a case of that. Everything kind of, like you said, everything kind of comes back to you. And now you're Dude. sitting there. Like, you're no longer enjoying the, the ride and the story. Now you're just. Dude. Especially that opening cinematic, that, that opening, like, uh, chapter or something where I basically, in order to earn that platinum trophy last time, had to repeat that scene where I had to take one of the kids and just go forth and just hoist them up in the air and just go through, like, mm-hmm. the whole opening sequence and stuff. Like about four or five different times. <laughs> yeah, you have to set the plates down nicely. Oh yeah, yeah. I definitely couldn't go back to that game after playing Detroit because that game uh, did a much better job with uh, the stuff. You no longer had to wash dishes and do stupid shit in that game, right? Uh, but yeah, that's cool, man. Um, I I played one other game this week. I mentioned it last week. It came out last Friday, um, but I only played it for like an hour at that point I, I wanted to wait uh 11 11 memories retold uh it is from the people that made uh valiant hearts the great war uh, okay so people maybe i don't know if you remember or not or if you listen to the show i mention it every so often uh just because it was a really good game it was a uh kind of a 2d side scroller with some more cartoony kind of anim- uh anime style graphics yeah um came out in 2014 it was but it was a really well-told story, a uh, very sad story about uh, three different people going to World War One, and uh, but they did it like kind of a like it was it was tough and it was rough and it was just uh, they they were got very serious with the game, but they did a very good job of like splicing in some some comedy with some fun elements to it. Um, and this game uh, is same thing; it's in the World War One. Uh, but this time you play as two different characters. You play as uh, Harry and you play as Kurt. 
uh, and the graphics actually before I get to the the characters uh, is uh, oil painting. I kept I kept want to say water painting, but it's actually oil painting, which is a popular art style um, during that during that time in the in the, 19, yeah. in the early nineteen hundreds. And so, like I said, Harry and Kurt are the two main characters. Uh, Harry is a young kid from Canada uh, who uh, doesn't really. He's a photographer. Doesn't have any real interest in like going to war. But mm-hmm. there's a girl that uh, he's really good friends with. That he, you know, obviously he wants to be more. He wants to be more than friends with, and he goes to war to impress her. Um, and then there's another character, Kurt, who is who's German, and um, he goes to war because his son. Uh, he's older. He's I don't, I don't know his age, but I'm assuming 30s or you know 40s maybe. And he goes to war uh, because his son goes missing, and he wants to find his son. Um, and it's just it does a really interesting job of like telling the story from both sides because I mean they talk about World War One as like a war of like no one knew what they were fighting for it was just right. kind of the, the pointless war and um, you know neither one didn't they didn't really have hatred for the other sides or anything like that um, but it jumps back and forth between these two characters and in it like so Harry goes he um, he goes to work with one the major Barrett uh, and he's a personal photographer for the for the major. And um, throughout the game, it's it's a lot, it's very linear. Uh, there's there's not a lot. There's like notes you can find, like letters you can find um, that kind of tell some side stories and kind of add some backstory to some of the things going around going on around, uh, which I had in, in the Valiant Hearts uh, Valiant Hearts as well. Um, but the 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 gist of the game is that you um, there's some light puzzles, um, but it's a lot some exploration. But it's it's more leans more towards being a walking simulator than anything else um but you know the, the game is told through like narration between the two characters um right. when when kurt who's german when he narrates he narrates in english but when the rest of his parts it's actually i think it's really well done where um the talks with the characters they talk in german with their subtitles um and so it, it's cool and then like when when kurt is talking to those characters he talks in, in german uh, so it, it does a really good good job, I think, of kind of um, tying you into it, investing you into to the characters. You know, it's not like uh, why is this guy, you know, speaking English? Why have all these Germans speaking English? You know, like you'll see in movies sometimes. Um, but kind of, it's it's not a super long game. It's I want to say it took me about five hours. Um, it's thirty dollars, so a little bit in high, on the high side for for how long the game is. But um, I ended up finishing it. Uh, I thought the the much like in Valiant Hearts, a fantastic story and kind of uh, hitting you hard and like just how miserable uh, that war was, especially back in those days. War in general, but especially back you know in the early 1900s. Um, you know, obviously, you know med- the, where we are medically is not you know we're, we're far off better than what we were um, or what we are now than when we were then, um, and just kind of what they had to deal with, and obviously the fact that these guys were going to war, people millions of people were dying and no one knew really why and what the benefit was. Mm. Um, and they do. So kind of what goes on with the story is, you know, like they're narrating, the characters are, but they're kind of narrating in the style that they're, they're talking to like Harry's narrating, talking to the girl he loves Harry, uh Kurt is narrating to his, cause he has a wife and a daughter as well. And you read, you get notes from him and like, you can actually like kind of tell like, uh, Kurt, well, well, you can pick the story you want to tell your daughter. You can tell a uh, kind of a lighthearted style of it. Um, 
a kind of in-between style or you can tell a very realistic style um, to kind of, you know, help her, you know, kind of, you can decide how um, she's taking it. You, you want to tell her the truth and how miserable it is. You want to kind of, hey, I found a cat, you know, and there's all, or, hey, I'm really close to finding uh, Max, our son. Uh, and uh, with with Harry, the way you tell, you let her, uh, you can send her pictures back. And depending on the pictures you send her, will kind of define the way the pit, the letters you get back from her, and also her feelings for you. And um, they do some cool stuff where, like, at one point in the game, it's about an hour in. Uh, there, there's a battle that goes on, and like everything's running simultaneously between you. Like, you'll you'll jump back and forth in the middle of a chapter between these guys several times. And there's one point where you're in a battle, and you're actually in the same battle on opposite sides. Mm-hmm. Um, and it jumps back and forth like he is like helping like Kurt is helping uh, the, the guy with the machine gun get ammo to so keep firing while Harry is trying to avoid those bullets um, and it kind of leads to them both being stuck in kind of a cavern together and them like basically becoming friends like 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 I said this is a war where it's pointless like the, these guys don't know why they're fighting why should they hate each other um and they get stuck in a cavern. And they become friends, and um, they are, and it kind of comes kind of becomes the main story throughout the game and about this friendship they're having. And there's a cat that you guys that befriends Kurt, and Kurt kind of follows around for the rest of the game. Uh, Harry gets a bird that kind of follows him around the rest of the game. But it, hmm. it, it's it's kind of interesting, just kind of you know it, the way they tell it. Like it's a, it's very grim. Uh, they tell some lighthearted stuff where you get to play as the bird and the, and the cat a few times, um, and them trying to like talk to each other when they both speak different languages um but yeah i i just it's hard to talk about because it's, it's like it's obviously a story-based game uh without doing, doing i don't really want to say much more than the fact that they they're in a cavern together um because it, it definitely leads a lot of different places and there's like six different endings of the game uh-huh. um so and i, I was kind of looking up the different endings you can get because i'm not going to go back and replay this because i'm not a big fan of doing that I like like that's my story um and that's what I'm going to say too. The only major issue I have with the game is I felt like because there's decisions, like I said, there's decisions you make with the letters. There's also decisions you make uh, in the game that can affect the ending. But it feels like all of those decisions you make are in the last. There's three chapters of this game, and it feels like most, if not all, of those decisions you make are in like the third chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, like it feels like the rest of the game uh, is it's like on a for the most part, ninety percent of it is on. Uh, you're on a train track, and you, right. you, there's not a lot of options of like devoiding off of that. Uh, and then on the on the on the very end, you're on. You can just kind of go any direction you want to go. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I actually, I, I really did enjoy this game quite a bit. Uh, it's not like I don't know if it's gonna be as memorable as uh, Valiant Hearts. I think one because that game just kind of came out of nowhere, where I right. didn't know anything about that game, and then like it was at E3 was revealed, and a week later it was out. Um, and I didn't know who these people were. I had no, I did not know what to expect going into it. I, the only reason I wanted to play Valiant Hearts because there was a dog, and <laughs> uh, and I played it and I loved it. Uh, I loved it for you know obviously the dog helps, but for a lot of different reasons as well. Um, and you know I've been talking about for years. I'm like, what the hell are these guys doing? What's going on? You know, it's been over five, over four years since since that game came out, and uh, it definitely. Uh, I, I don't want to say it didn't live up to the hype because I didn't know really what the hype was for it. Like, because I don't know what the hell they're going to do because they they're not. This isn't. It was a, Valiant Hearts is a Ubisoft game, and this is not a Ubisoft game, right? Um, so much diff, very much different. But uh, I, I definitely really enjoyed it. Um, 
I, I'm not, yeah, like I said, I'm not disappointed whatsoever. Really well told. Uh, I can't wait to see what they do next because uh, I think I don't know if World War One is going to be the thing they do all the time, uh, but they have found a really good niche, and I hope they kind of keep with it. Um, but yeah, that's all I played other than Pokemon. Uh, so should we just jump right into it then with uh, yes. Pokemon? All right. Um, so Gables, about how long have you played? I have played for a little over an hour, roughly. Okay. Um, I, I, I have played, uh, almost nine hours. What? Yeah. God damn it. Whenever you plug, <laughs> whenever you plug the, uh, the Pokeball Plus in, that's what it makes the, the Pokemon Center noise. Uh, I, I keep doing it. Um, yeah, so, uh, I, I've been talking about it a lot since it was revealed around E3 about, like, oh, man, like, We've been freaking out, geeking out all year, like little leaks and like screenshots here and there about what is this game, what can this game be? And then we saw, I'm like, oh, fuck, it's Pokemon Go on the Switch. God damn it. <laughs> like, this is not what we, like, they read, they made the game of Wanted since, this is the game of Wanted since 1997, and this is what they do. They gave me, Poke, they remake Pokemon Yellow, they finally put it on the consoles, and they go as Pokemon Go. Um, and I, and I'm talking about even all, all the way up to launch. I was texting Justin about it earlier this week about, like, I gotta know, like, you know, I've been waiting 20 years for this game. I gotta play it. I can't not play it. I, you know, I gotta know if I'm gonna enjoy this game. <laughs> and I got the game. I, I even had it in my hand. I was like, I was getting more and more nervous playing it. I put it in, started playing it, and the music hit, and like everything came like hit hit me, hit me like a ton of bricks like my eyes started like welting up oh, when God. when we started up in that music and you get the pikachu and i'm just like all right so at this point 29 year old cynical asshole tyler is gone okay <laughs> this is 8 year old tyler waking up christmas day 1997 getting his game boy color with pokemon or no i'm sorry Game Boy, I remember the original Game Boy at this point, but getting fi- uh, red and blue and playing this game and, and just falling in love. But yeah, I mean, this is the, this is, you know, Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow are the games that, that got me into gaming. And, you know, I was sitting there, I got on, started playing it, and I was just hooked onto it. And yeah, even like, like the like I said, the like going back into that world I haven't been into in years. I, I replayed it actually. I replayed it a few years ago on the 3ds when they released it. But and I was just like I was playing it. And I was like, oh man, I was spoiled by Pokemon X. Like I got all I got pretty close. I got to the Victory Road, the finishing it. But I, I'm like, ah, Pokemon X. Like that was the last time it hit me. It was like, oh, Pokemon X was like jumping back in. You could just listen to you and Jake talking about it a lot before it came out. Like got me back into it a little bit, and I was just. The the more and more I played this game, like it was just it like it, everything's coming back to me. It's just like reminding me of a child, like of my childhood, and like just going through it. It's in color now. I, I was telling my I was telling my sister yesterday about it because she's like, like what like uh you're playing a Pokemon game like like yeah, but you don't understand like this is like the game, like the game, you know. And I was telling like this game came out in, like 1997. Uh, and I was telling her I put it on my original Game Boy, and she was like, "Oh yeah, the one that the flips open." I'm like, "No, Caitlin, this one didn't have color. It was like a greenish tint <laughs> with some black lines. There was no backlight." And she's like, "We mean backlight." I'm like, "Imagine your iPhone. You turn the back the backlight all the way down, 
and you had to, like, you got to tell your seniors like, what? I don't understand that. I'm like, you got to sit. <laughs> my, my parents bought me a lamp for my room to play Game Boy games on, you know. And it was, it was just crazy, like talking to her about it. And I was telling, my, I was talking to my mom and dad about it. I'm like, you remember this Christmas, like me getting me getting these games with the Game Boy? And she's like, yeah, I remember that. Like, and I was, it was fun, like talking to him about that. I remember they were like, and they actually remembered it. They were talking about those days of me playing it. And <laughs> like every time I get to a new section and that music hits, I'm like, oh my god, it's just it gets better. And it's like this is the original OG 151. Uh, like all of my problems with with going into this game are like gone. Uh, most of them, I should say, all of them. Like, but going through, you know, having there's XP share there. The quality of life stuff they did is just right. great. With the XP share, um, the fact that the Pokemon box is no longer like in the Pokemon Center. Like, yeah, you carry it with you, um, and you can uh, swap out your your start your six starters. Um, or six Pokemon, your party, uh, at any point in time, um, is is huge. I think that makes a big difference. Um, you know, and I got the Pokeball Plus today because uh, I started playing it because I because I, I, I didn't get the bundle, uh, and I, I regret not doing it because it's been a lot cheaper for me to do that. But um, you know, I was playing I was playing with the uh, with the stupid Joy-Con thing, and I'm like, oh, this doesn't feel right. You know, I, I'm not a big fan of this, and I was having issues with like throwing the pokeball and, and getting getting them right. And I got the pokeball plus today. It definitely helps a lot. Like, I recommend it. Like if you um, if you see it, it's hard to find. I, I, was, I went to multiple different stores today, and I had to go all the way and I had to go out of town to get this one. I I didn't go out of town to get it. I was out of town, and I just so happened to look it up to see if it was at the nearby store, and it was. Uh, but like everything about this game I, i'm just so totally in love with and i gotta I mean, be perfectly honest this is nostalgia one like 100 percent. like i don't know if if, if t- 29 year old tyler that didn't if he didn't play pokemon would give a shit about this game uh at all but i i am just adore this game uh i have my i have my five of my six original starting characters back i got i got um pikachu charmander squirtle um uh, bulbasaur pidgey and all i got sand true right now or i got sand slash now but uh if I, as soon as i find a cubone sand, sand slash is gone <laughs> and then i'll have my original six back uh but it's just yeah it's just great because the entire time i'm playing this game i got like i had a i have had a smile on my face there it's all the entire time i play this game except for the parts where i actually uh, where it randomly wants to throw the Pokeball to the right and miss the Pokemon. I'm like, God, God damn it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, like I said, I'm nine hours in. I just, I, I can't stop playing it. Uh, I, I got it like six, seven o'clock last night and I, I started playing it and I look over and it was almost 11 o'clock. I'm like, Whoa, oh, shit. I played this game for over four hours straight last night. And which I don't play, you know, I, I say this every now and again, it takes a lot for me to get hooked onto a game. It, only happens a handful of times a year for me to sit down and play a game and not stop playing it. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I, you know, I played it for another three or four hours this morning, and I played it for a little bit uh, after the football game today. Uh, but yeah, um, like I said, I'm nine hours in. I got the, I got three bad. I got the first three badges. I just beat uh, Lieutenant Serge, Sarge, Sarge. Uh, did the SSN. Um, I'm on my way to Vermilion City Gables. Is that right? Yeah. Cause so I had to go through. Uh, I went through the Diglett Cave, 
Right. Uh, you had to now, go back. And now you have to go back to, say, uh, Viridian City in order to get, like, uh, something that you may need for up ahead. Uh, yes, I got I got that. Um, and now I'm going to go in the cave where you need the, you need the, like, the light or whatever. Oh, um, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm flying through this game pretty, pretty quickly. And I like, and, but, I mean, to jump into the, I guess real quick, the, the, the throwing mechanics stuff. Like, uh, part of me, like, I, I was telling Gables for the for the show, I have a lot of mixed emotions about it. Because it definitely makes it uh, kind of quicker and easier to get through, like, the, when you're just walking around through the world. Because uh, you're not wasting, you know, your, because you only get a set amount of attacks uh, for, for each move. So you're not wasting those moves on wild, on wild Pokemon. You don't have to worry about um, hitting, not killing, like, oh, I gotta, I gotta, oh, I gotta weaken them, but I can't hit them with something too hard. You know, right. I gotta it, like it takes some. I, I guess it, it definitely makes it easier. Like I don't mind that too much, missing that. Um, but I'm not the biggest f- fan of the 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 Pokemon Go. Uh, I don't hate it, but I don't necessarily love it either. It's kind of a wash for me, I guess. Where it's not, it stands out definitely. It's it was definitely weird last night sitting around with the the nun or the, I keep wanting to say nun with the Joy-Con. In my hand, playing it, I'm like, oh man, I got my Pro Controller right here. Why can't I use that? But having uh, the Pokeball Plus today is definitely it, it, it adds to it, makes it a little better. Like it makes right. noises when you catch Pokemon and stuff like that. So it's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, uh, and also the fact that they change the story up, the way like for the most part it's still the same, but they add little things here and there, like that your your rivals no longer like um, he's he's not Gary, he's not a douche this time, pretty much. Uh, he's like actually like a friend and he helps you. Um, you bump into other characters in this game that you, um, wouldn't necessarily in the past. Um, yeah, the whole thing, it's, it's streamlined, I think in a really good way for someone like myself. Um, that's, that still has a lot of nostalgia for Pokemon, but doesn't, um, you know, I'm not a hardcore Pokemon fan anymore. You know, like I, I went back for X, I dab a little bit and Omega Ruby and, uh, Sun and Moon. Uh, but you know, I haven't been a big fan for almost, you know, probably 16, 17 years, but Gables, you're, you're, you're that guy. You went through every Pokemon game just like six months ago. <laughs> like you went through and beat them all, uh, earlier this year. So I, 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 I've been curious as I've been playing, like I've been thinking a lot about like where you're at. Cause I saw you were playing it earlier today and I'm like, right. I want to, I want to know, like, I know you've only played it for a little bit, but I, I would definitely want to hear kind of where you're at as kind of a more of a, a hardcore Pokemon fan. Well, let's see. At this moment in time, I like a lot of the little changes that I've noticed so far from the aspects of having the Pokeball box, the Pokemon box with you, as well as the name change, you know, the name raider sort of like uh, thing gone completely so that you can actually change the nickname of your Pokemon anytime. I love those features. I also love the fact that even though in past games you would encounter certain wild Pokemon randomly, that in this game, it's more or less you can see them walking on the on like the terrain and stuff yeah. like that. You see yep. them like popping up, and like there's different types of uh, there are different there are even like different types of like say uh, colors or something that pop up in terms of whether a Pokemon is big or if they're small. Or in Tyler's case, there's one that he's encountered where it's like there's something like shiny or something mm-hmm. that's in the brush, but. Uh, Let's see, in terms of the whole gameplay stuff, I kind of miss the aspect of battling the Pokemon itself. I know inside, uh, 
I think it was X and Y and also for Sun and Moon, even if you battled a Pokemon and stuff, you would gain some XP, and even if you caught the Pokemon, you'd gain some XP as well. Yep. In this game, it's like you cannot battle, it seems like, the wild Pokemon, but in terms of, say, catching it, yeah, you're free to. And the thing about it is what I've noticed is if you catch a, some bits of uh, the same Pokemon in a row, I mean, the experience points will go up a little bit higher. If you capture a Pokemon that's either have like a CP value that's very high or something, the more XP you're gain, you're pretty much going to get. I like aspects like that so far. What I haven't liked, though, is the particular type of control styles that are presented to me. For one, I knew I wasn't going to get that the little pokey, uh, little Pokeball accessory get from the get-go because I just wanted to try to experience the game in, ton- in sort of like how I feel like I wanted to do. Originally, I wanted to use the Pro Controller, but as soon as I powered on the game, I tried using it and I could not gain access to it because there's only four different types of control styles for this game. The left Joy-Con, the right Joy-Con, the Pokeball accessory, and handheld mode. So I tried out the Joy-Con modes for playing the game on the big screen. And even though it felt weird at first just playing it was just with one Joy-Con, all the little button presses and this and that being in different places and stuff, it wasn't bad by any means, but it's a little cumbersome that you cannot say, just have both Joy-Cons where you move with one and then select a lot of the different icons and stuff with the other one. Like, say you could with past Switch games. Let's see, in terms of where I'm at currently, I am inside of Viridian Forest. Like I said before, I've only played the game for a little over an hour, but from what I've experienced so far, it definitely is more inviting. It's definitely feeling a more lax sort of atmosphere where you're not really worried too much about say battling and like say having your pokemon be fainted or something like that and going all the way up to the pokemon center and just little bits of nuisances in between that could happen say for example if uh, your pokemon gets poisoned or something like that in the old games you had to go through and walk all the way to the pokemon center or use an antidote or whatever to kind of cure that status ailment in this game i haven't really encountered certain status ailments like that so far but uh I like the aspect of the battling stuff. Okay, the battle stuff that I have encountered so far isn't exactly that bad at all. I mean, it's traditional Pokemon style where you select a move, use it against your opponent, this and that. I kind of like how they mixed up some bits of the story elements so far. So, for example, in the old games, when you're playing, when you're playing like first starting out and stuff, you initially would have to go into the grass in order to spark Professor Oak to actually get to talk to you because uh, he's not in the lab, he's not this and that and stuff. But in this game, it's like the moment you encounter Professor Oak, he's faced, he has literally like uh, talking with a group of Pidgey or something like that, a flock of Pidgey and stuff, and he turns over to you and then starts uh, that little scenario and stuff to where you first are introduced to your Pokemon. And what's interesting is it's like, he doesn't give you a Pokemon, no. That you actually catch your own Pokemon, which kind of... It actually is pretty surprising to me, since even for like a series like Pokemon, that never really has happened in terms of that styling. I kind of like the little changes like that in the story elements. But uh, let's see, other than that, I've caught... I have caught plenty of Pokemon so far. 
My uh, Pikachu, which I've given the nickname of Lucky, is pretty decent at this moment in time. He knows double kick. He knows, like, uh, little bits of, like, quick attack and this and that. He doesn't really know any type of electric uh, stuff yet, but that's soon. Sooner or later is going to be coming soon. But other than that, though, I have enjoyed what I have been playing. I just need to play a little bit more of it. Okay. Yeah. No, it's... Uh, I'm still, like... A little over 24 hours later, uh, nostalgia has not worn off yet. So I'm curious nice. how long it's going to hold that for. If it holds <laughs> up to the whole game or uh, what have you. Um, yeah, there, I, I would say this, though. If you're jumping into this game or you're a little bit into it, uh, definitely go out. I've done a lot of, like, going on Google and, like, like looking up the hints and tips about this game. Like, because there's a lot of things they don't tell you. Like, exactly. Um, like, catching if you catch the same Pokemon... Uh, multiple times in a row you get like a combo you're in you're in additional experience points for doing that you get additional experience points if you catch them on your first throw uh and the more and actually if the more you get in a row of like say like at one point i caught um 10 pidgeys in a row uh the more you do that the more combos you get like that uh that raises the chances you'll see rare pokemon pop up uh so at one point i had a con- i had that combo going with the pidgeys chance he popped up and it was just it, so if you're Someone that wants to try to catch more Pokemon, different types of Pokemon, that's a way to go. And they're also usually like that; they're a higher level and they're rare. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just been a blast. Like there's been multiple times I'm like, oh, Sandshrew, like <laughs> like vocally like, oh my god, there's Bulbasaur. Like I caught Bulbasaur in the Viridian Forest. Uh, he's one of the oh, first wow. one I caught. Yeah, <clears throat> you can catch all the starters in the in the in the in the wild, but they're fairly uncommon. Um, huh. Before you actually can you get them in the game, like because you can just have them hand to you. Like I caught, I was able to catch uh, Charmander and uh, Bulbasaur, Squirtle. I ended up just having the uh, Officer Jenny gave gave me it like you do in the the old game. Yeah, but yeah, uh, it's been a blast, and uh, I can't wait to, to go back and play it some more. Um, nice. But yeah, Gables. I got we have a, a fair amount of uh, topics this week. Actually, we'll stick with the. Uh, Let's stick with uh with Pokemon for a thousand. Uh, with uh, I don't. Have you seen the trailer for Detective Pikachu? Yes, I have. What did you think? Well, it's well for a good example of it. It's been a kind of a good topic of conversation at my workplace too, because there are people who have seen it. Some that are creeped out by it. Some that are like, uh, oh, this is actually pretty decent. You know, it's like for me, I watched this uh, trailer for detective pikachu with ryan reynolds i thought uh you know what at the same point i don't really know how to feel about it because my mind is drifting towards like oh my god these pokemon are like hyper realistic to the point where it's like kind of creepy in sort of the aspects because you see like pikachu's face is contorted or something like, like a human face and stuff then you see like aspects where you have one instance, like one scene of where Jigglypuff is actually singing, and some dude, some human dude, is just fucking sleeping and shit. It's mm. oh my gosh, just there's so many interesting things about that trailer. But let's see, I do like that. Uh, yeah, definitely, Ryan Reynolds seems like a good fit as Pikachu. <laughs> yeah, no, it um, when it dropped, I'm just like, uh, I watched it. And I remember I was at work and I saw it. I'm like on YouTube. I'm like, oh fuck, I gotta go in like a back room somewhere real quick and watch this. So, <laughs> <laughs> enough, I'm like, I got I need silence for this. And I was just like, I, I laughed multiple times, especially the stuff with the Mister Mime. 
Uh, Jigglypuff, uh, obviously, with singing was great. Um, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds, uh, basically being Deadpool as a, a Pikachu was fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, remember we talked about, uh, I think about a year and a half ago or so when this was announced, and I was just like, this is going to suck. Play, and then I played the game earlier this year, the 3DS game, and it was just like, ah, it's a game. It came out. It's a thing. Uh, but, yeah, play, watching that, I was just, I cannot wait. Like, we might actually get, like, a really good video game movie, a really good Pokemon movie. Um, I, this game, this movie looks just fantastic. Well, I'll tell you this, Tyler. I mean, already, like, say this year, we've gotten a great TV series that's been expired by uh, classic video games. Like, for example, Castlevania. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that season two. Yeah. I'll just say it right now. It's like, this is one of the, that was one of the best video game adaptations of, like, uh, you know, a best TV series inspired by a video game series that I've ever seen. And it's not out of the realm of possibility that this could actually be a well-done video game movie from yeah. what I've been seeing and, in the trailer. Yeah, and speaking of, actually, uh, the Castlevania series, uh, Devil May Cry is actually getting a series for Netflix as well. Oh, boy. Yeah, so Addy oh boy. Sh- uh, Shankar, I believe I say his name, he was the uh, executive producer for the Castlevania uh, seasons one and two. Uh, he did a thing on Twitter, like on I think it was Thursday, and said, "Check back at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, we're gonna like he said we're gonna change the world or whatever." And oh my god, came out and it was uh, they announced Devil May Cry is in the works for Netflix. Uh, he's gonna be the directing it as well. Again, he'll be the the show lead. Um, he says uh, there'll actually be it'll be a, a multi it'll be a multiverse and everything. So there's gonna be multiple things of it. Uh, and this is a quote from him about it. He states, uh, when he grabbed the Devil May Cry Rise, he said, so the so that the jabronis in Hollywood don't fuck this one up, too. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I haven't watched Castlevania thing. I'm, one, I'm not a Castlevania um, fan, and I'm not an uh, anime guy. But I've heard it's fantastic. It is fantastic, but you... <laughs> Yeah, for one, it is hyper-violent, and for another, if you don't have any type of, like, background inside of Castlevania in terms of the game stuff, some of the references and some of the characters may seem lost to you, but at the same point, if you're definitely a fan of, uh, like, great animation, great type of storytelling, then this is definitely a series you may want to check out. Yeah, so... Yeah, it's cool to see that. It's a little disappointing because there was rumors. It's been rumored for a while that he was the next one he was going to do was a Zelda one, um, and then oh, that would have been awesome. Earlier this week, there was rumors that there was going to be a Metal Gear Solid oh. instead. Um, yeah, which when of those two, I'm like, give me oh one of the god. other. Oh my god! If it was a fucking Metal Gear Solid, man, I'd be all in on that shit. Yeah, and it would have made sense. I think a lot of people went that way too, especially because. Uh, Konami being Castlevania and Metal Gear would made sense to do uh, that one, but get fucking David Hayter on that shit quick. Yes, yeah, oh yeah. If he was in it, I would for sure watch that day one. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna double. Like I said, I'm not a big fan. I'm not Castle. Excuse me, Castlevania or Devil May Cry fan, but uh, it's cool to see that that we're getting more of that. It's expanding, and Castlevania season three is gonna be coming out next year. So, oh uh, yes. So yeah, it's gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get more. Um. But moving on to some um, some non Nintendo or uh, no, no, non Pokemon and uh, 
TV show stuff. Uh, Sony dropped a bombshell. Actually, it wasn't Sony. It was ESA, who runs E3, dropped a bombshell for Sony um, on Thursday afternoon, uh, stating that Sony, for the first time in the history of E3, 24 years, will not be attending uh, E3 2019. Hmm. Um, so uh, came out, and it just it's kind of released... And then uh, this is a statement from uh, Sony itself that I'm going to read here. Um, As an industry, Sony Interactive Entertainment continues to look for inventive opportunities to engage the community. Uh, The company told uh, Game Informer in a statement, PlayStation fans mean the world to us and we always want to innovate, think differently, and experiment with new ways to delight gamers. As a result, we have decided not to participate in E3 in 2019. We are exploring new and familiar ways to engage our community in 2019 and can't wait uh, to share our plans with you. Um, then Sony was asked uh, from Game Informer if they were going to do like an off-site thing uh, like EA does with their EA Play. Um, and they came out and said that uh, we will not activate or hold a press conference around E3. Um, so, yeah. Um, mm. I, you know, it's been, it's, been over, it's been over 48 hours now. And I am still like kind of dumb like not like shocked by this like i i I, like formulating an opinion is this good is this bad i don't i I don't have uh, like i'm just thinking of everything like do they like psx was canceled earlier um a couple months ago they canceled it so uh kind of funny is now doing a a kind of funny game showcase on the the saturday they were gonna have psx uh, mm-hmm. They're going to show a bunch of games, which I'm right. excited for. It's about three weeks away. Um, now they're 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 canceling E3. Um, you think about this past E3 was really weird, where it, it showed off their four main games, like, and then it was a there was a Dreams and Resident Evil Two trailer in there, and I think one other little thing, and that was it. It was a really weird. It was really it was really good. I thought because um, what they focused on was looked all looked right. all looked great, but. Um, it was just really weird the way it happened. Like it's been so different than what they've been doing. Like, and especially when you think about E3 since like we've been talking about E3 since like our very first episode was E3 2013 when they announced the price point and everything for PS4. Like since that point, they have like killed E3. They have been you come out of it, uh, except for maybe last year where Nintendo was killed it with like metroid prime 4 pokemon for the switch blah blah, blah. yeah um you look at it but i mean they come away far and away the best um or in last year's case they were a close second uh just killing it and the, the people that kind of innovated and changed the way e3 was done is now not gonna be there they're giving up their space at, at e3 um so that's not something you can easily just get back um it's just all really weird. What do you think, Gables? Well, let's see. At first thought, thinking about how much, say, other companies have benefited from not, say, doing like a traditional E3 press conference, you know. For example, for a company like, say, Nintendo, it has helped them out to try to spread their message. But at the same time, this thing with Sony is something else entirely from where they do not even want to announce anything like around that period of time 
which in and of itself is a double-edged sword right there. For one, they control what they want to trickle out when they want to trickle it out. But at the same point, it just kind of is really confusing. And it is very confusing in terms of uh, what direction that they're trying to lead here. I mean, it's more than likely obvious that they're going to announce something for their next PlayStation console. But uh, in terms of what it potentially is going to be announced, like when, it's definitely not going to be, like, say, around E3. Or if they're just doing this just to get everybody else off guard or something like that, I may understand it somewhat. But how I feel about this currently at the moment is that I think that this is the misstep that's going to end up leading to Microsoft potentially leading the next console generation. Because even though that they've been, like, industry analysts have been saying for years, like, uh, how the big companies are not even going to go ahead and, like, attend E3 and stuff to try to spread their own messages to their own audience and stuff like that. You know, Nintendo through the Nintendo Direct, like, PlayStation, they had their PlayStation experience, but they all of a sudden canceled that this past year. And then Microsoft doing their own, like, sort of, thing the past couple weeks ago it still presents one thing though and e3 that presence that free sort of like presence and stuff of that uh press conference you know that uh, whole convention of the electronic entertainment expo and stuff that's vital for a lot of different people a lot of different developers and a lot of different ways like uh, to communicate sort of uh like to gain sort of momentum, sort of like a hype for your next new big things. Mm-hmm. Now, how Sony is going to do that going forward is it's definitely going to be interesting to watch because potentially this could be a situation where they could just drop like random like new games and like random like new console information or something like this just randomly out of the blue, you know, like maybe a couple months before E3 or maybe even November of that year, all of a sudden we have. Like, maybe November of next year, we're getting, like, the announcements of the PS5, and it's going to be releasing, like, say, in a couple weeks after, you know? And it's, like, it has that sort of wild card presence. But at the same time, the reason why I think that Microsoft is going to take full advantage of this is because, for one, now it presents more of a larger scope and a larger space for other companies to go forth and advertise heavily what they're going to be going forward and doing because microsoft at this point in time has gained little bits of momentum through here and there through their revitalization of stuff of sorts of acquiring new developers for the next generation plus the game pass stuff that's widely been successful the backwards compatibility with all the different types of 360 and original Xbox games. And now this in and of itself is sort of playing into that sort of hand and stuff where now because Microsoft is the only big, like a big console developer besides Nintendo, that gives them more of a focus and more of like a, more of like, uh, oh gosh, I've just wanted to say things without like just stuttering a little bit. It gives them more of a just presence, pretty much, in the eyes of, like, gamers and stuff. Because now they're going to present it more of, like, a style of stuff of uh, potentially, like, uh... (laughs) 
God bless it. I hate it when I think of words and stuff, and all of a sudden it's like I forget what I'm going to say. But basically what I'm trying to say is they definitely have more time to present what they're going to be more focused on, which in and of itself next year is probably going to be content maybe for like things like Anthem, maybe for things like potentially the next Destiny maybe, or even like a representation of some of their classic games or some who knows what will happen next e3 but the point being is microsoft is going to gain some key momentum going forward because of sony's lack of presence at that show so that's pretty much what i am thinking but tyler what do you think no you kind of hit it on the head there for me um where there yeah I, i just keep thinking of all these possibilities like i was like wow like they just do like they cancel PSX. Do they have nothing to show? Like, do they just not want to show more of the same? Uh, are they waiting for their own moment where they can show a PS5? Um, and then I wasn't even thinking about like you said, like a lot of developers rely on you know like the the biggest the most watched uh, conferences are the big are, are Xbox and PlayStation. Those are the big yep. two. That's and, the main thing that people go to watch. Yeah, and now you have you have all you have like. Activision with Call of Duty, you got Red Dead Redemption Two, you got all yes. these developers that you give them stuff or Destiny, you give them stuff exactly. first on theirs. They're no longer get those advertisements. Like you know, like the E3 is when they get the most attention. Where video games get the most attention. Exactly. Smaller games or you know, AA games or indie games, they get a lot of attention um, at these events, and that's how a lot of like I so I was just saying earlier, like about Valiant Hearts, like that game was shown at E3. I'd never even heard of it, and then two right. weeks later, the game was out. You know, and I wouldn't, and I never would have knew about that game, um, or I probably wouldn't have. Child of Light, same thing. There's so many games that get shown off at these things that I, I, I they could have gone, uh, you know, what I could just, just went, went buying them in the store, just saw the box art, and kept going. Um, and so you're gonna, I think you're gonna upset a lot of third party developers, big and small, that way. Um, and you're right, you're like, that's gonna give, that's gonna push them more towards Microsoft. It's just. Like now, it's you're putting in, in some ways. You're it, if you could argue it's it's you're kind of give, it's a layup for Microsoft now. In other ways, you're saying it's a lot harder for Microsoft now and Nintendo. Where like now they gotta they gotta they're you freed up more stuff for Microsoft. That's less competition for them. But you're now you're looking at like Microsoft mainly Microsoft Nintendo to a certain extent as well uh, to make pick up what PlayStation's leaving behind. So now exactly. when people leave like. Like if if this comes out to be a lackluster E three, people are gonna say, Oh, we we miss PlayStation. But if this comes out and this is another really good E three, people are gonna say, We don't need PlayStation. Like it was exactly. great without them. Because um, all of a sudden the whole aspect of say a two major video game company show has now been reduced down to one and if Microsoft were to hit it out of the park with game exclusives, with potentially like this whole discless Xbox One thing that's basically been rumored or something like that by Gama Sutra and all this mm-hmm. other stuff, along with potential like things of maybe an introduction of their competitor, their next competing console against the whole inevitable PS5 stuff. Yeah, this has potential to be absolutely vital for Microsoft here, and it seems like Sony potentially could have accidentally have given them the chance to excel in this situation. Yeah. Um, like, I feel like... I, I really think what's going to happen this year is, like, Microsoft's going to come out and they're just going to 
go full bore with everything. They're going to show us everything they got. Why not? They're not going to hold anything back. Um, and this is their chance, like, to take over. Like, I don't know if this is, like, an arrogance thing. Like, we've talked about that this this year, like, um, especially with, like, the whole Fortnite crossplay stuff um, was was a big thing. Like, them canceling PSX, their weird E3 presentation. Like, if they just... I feel like I, I've been saying for years, like, and a lot of people have been saying this too, but I, I'm like, there's no way we can see some, you know, the winner of this generation, the, the previous generation going to the next one and right. just going cocky and arrogant and fuck it up. Like they just, we can't see it again. Like we do with, with the P with the, with the 360, the Xbox one, uh, PS2 to PS3, uh, super Nintendo to 64, like, like we just, we can't we're not gonna see it again it's not gonna happen but it kind of feels like that's what's happening and, and it's hard to say because they're not really telling us anything which is part of it maybe they have some grand plan that's i assume they have to have a grand plan um and it's but it's got to hit too they're putting more pressure on themselves also by doing this where they could have come out next year and had a run-of-the-mill e3 presentation and it still would have been really good uh right. a lot of cool stuff out of it and it wouldn't fine we could have gone uh, par for course around you know people are saying oh this is the death of e3 but i don't know if that's necessarily the case like e3 is no. still a big thing and um andrew renee um who's another po- uh, podcaster from what's good game she was listening to her podcast she made a great point that people are saying for years and i we've talked about in the past too about e3's dying but she's argued now with with social media uh and youtube and everything like that like e3 is more important than ever because exactly um, you know, that's that more the thing people, yeah because it's no longer you have to go to IGN or GameSpot to go see these things you don't, you don't longer have to seek them out exactly. you can just scroll through on Facebook or Twitter and this stuff's going to come to you which uh, is exactly why it's all the more questionable why Sony chose after 24 years to all of a sudden just step away from the E3 and sort of control their own sort of like uh, thing because what they're intentionally doing right here is they're ignoring the free press of other gamers and other industry analysts and stuff if they were to show what they have been doing for the past couple of years and just basically hitting it out of the park with all these different announcements and all these different game stuff. You know, yeah. it's just very questionable and it's also just a it's just a whole like maybe red flag here and there to where well, they may have just went ahead just stubbed themselves in the foot. Yeah. Um Yeah, it's crazy. And you know, I've heard people say, "Oh, well, they can still do like blog updates, like the lay down stay is gone, got delayed on the on a blog." But it's not um, the th- same as yeah. a general E three mindset to where everybody is looking upon this massive informational influx that happens every June. Yeah, and and like I was saying just a little bit ago about the like back in the day before social media you had to go there to seek the stuff out yep it's kind of the same thing with the blogs and stuff like yeah there's a little bit of push for it. you might see it pop up on on your twitter feed and stuff like that but that's usually because you follow a lot of people that are gamers you know like when you're just someone on twitter or facebook that's a casual like that stuff's more than likely going to make it out to you um right and like the blog the blog and their website and updates from them on twitter or whatever is nowhere near the same. Even if they have their own event, it's still I don't know if it'll be the same. Um, I can see why they want to do it. You know, it's like like the directs. You know, like ah, we get eight to ten a year. They get their own. They get their own thing, uh, own press thing. Like that. That could work. But like I said, it's they're putting a lot of pressure 
on themselves. Um, so they better have a damn good plan. It almost makes like makes me wonder like doing it this year. Like it, it could be very something is very simple. They just want the goods this year, which is still crazy to me that uh, they cancel the whole thing outright. But I don't believe that part at all. Um, or I'd say it's the least likely of the the, the scenarios we're looking at. But like, is could we see the PS5 and the Xbox Scarlet next year now? Is this a 2019 <laughs> thing now? I certainly hope not. I really, I really do. Like, I, I I'm, I'm well, perfectly fine with what we have now for a while, unless they come out and they just wow us with some, with some crazy stuff that we just never thought of. Well, here's the thing: as we're getting closer and closer to the end of the life cycles for both the PS4 and the Xbox One. That's just going to be it, you know. Come a year from now, we will definitely know what both consoles are capable of. And whether or not they're going to be released by this time next year, that all depends upon whether or not they want to go forth from the get-go with what these consoles will potentially do. At this moment in time, I do not have any type of clue what else you can improve upon in terms of a technical standpoint and in terms of, say, like, connection stuff. But... Here's the thing. For those next consoles, man, it definitely has the possibility to be releasing as early as 2019 because every little bit of like the console iterations and stuff from the little half steps here and there, those come by pretty quick. So... <laughs> yeah. Um, it, re- it really feels like this is Microsoft's to lose at this point where... Yep. We've talked about for the last couple of years, they've been killing it with, you know, they got the most powerful uh, Xbox out there, the most powerful console out there, uh, the Game Pass, um, the Xbox Gold stuff is games, free games we get are great, uh, the, the backwards compatibility stuff, like they have been killing it on every every which way, like they are far and away the best at it than anybody. The one thing is they're lacking is the games. Now they just bought twelve new studios this year. Yep. Uh, Crackdown three is on its way. Gears five is on the way. Halo, the new Halo is on its way, um, and then whatever else they come with up with in the next couple of years. So it definitely feels like um, unless Sony has something absolutely incredible um, to show us, uh, it's pretty much it's Microsoft's. It feels like a rebirth of sorts of Microsoft, what it's going through. They're going through trying to please a lot of the longtime fans with uh, some of the classic franchises that they've had. But the major problem before then is with the Xbox One, there was definitely very few exclusives that actually drove people to keep playing their console from an extended period of time in comparison to, say, the PS4 with how rich the library is in terms of the first-party content. So what I mean by, say, a rebirth is with all these different like developers and companies that they've purchased, now is definitely going to be seeing sort of a revitalization of interest in sort of like what Microsoft is doing with their next console. Yeah, and there's definitely still that fan base out there. I went, yep. I went out to eat today with three uh, Xbox guys. One, only one of them has a PS4, uh, but they're, they play primarily on Xbox and they right. all bought Xboxes and went Xbox first for Halo. Like so, those uh, people still exist, which is crazy to me. Like I was talking to him, we we're talking about one the other guy that owns PS4. We we're talking about Spider Man. They had no clue there was a Spider Man game that came out. They had no idea a new God of War game came out. They didn't know what Horizon Zero Dawn was. And these guys play more games probably than we do. 
Uh, they just play the same two games, which is not a knock against them, but well, it's, it's not a knock against them, but it's, it's just, just kind of it's just kind of crazy in this day and age. It's like they don't look at other games besides one console. You know, yeah. it's like they don't even know the cons, like the the whole aspect of these different types of games, and they just focus upon just one. You know, that's just preposterous to me that you can't even like open your mind to just different types of games that are potentially out there. Yeah. You know, it was just funny because I was like, why do you put their ass? One of them asked me, like, why do you play PS4? Like, you were a 360 guy last generation. I'm like, the games, man. The, the exclusives are there. And they're like, name, name, name me exclusives. I'm like, Uncharted, Horizon, God of War, Spider Man, um, Until Dawn. Um, I was just going on and on, all these Ratchet and Clank, going on and on about all these. And they didn't hear, like, they heard of God of War. But they didn't. They knew of, of the original trilogy, God of War. That was the only thing they knew. They didn't even hear her on Uncharted. I was, I was flabbergasted. I was like, really? Like, yeah. It's just it's crazy how that. Yeah, that's still around to this day. And it's you know, it, teach your own. In some ways, I kind of wish I was that kind of guy that could just buy Call of Duty and the and maybe like one other game and the new Madden game every year. Uh, I'll be perfectly be, honest be, with be you. Fun. I would be fucking depressed if I just played two games a year. <laughs> yeah, but we have a lot more money. It's a very expensive hobby. Games. I know it is. I know but it is. We love but, it. I'm not. I'm not I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying I want to get rid of it at all. But my my wallet sometimes is like, dude. Yeah, I understand that fully. <laughs> like seriously, stop buying stuff, please. You're gonna you're gonna burn the the, the chip out of this credit card. Burn the um, chip out of the credit card, and all of a sudden, just wallet's crying. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing left to give. Stop. <sighs> um, but uh, real quick here, let's move on to the last topic. Uh, this one just kind of dropped uh, yesterday. Okay. Um, a rumor came out uh, that there's a sounds like and this sounds like it's more likely gonna be true. There will be a discless Xbox One in 2019. So, right. Um, coming out it's going to be uh this console it's going to still be technically be an xbox one um it's not going to be the next generation um it's supposed to be rumored to release in the latter half um oh, i'm sorry as early as uh, next spring um and it'll sell for 200 dollars at the very most probably less and it will it won't be an x it'll be an s um so it'll be the white one um and they're actually a really cool thing that they're talking about doing for this it's part of the rumor is what is it what is it called um disc to digital program where you can go to the microsoft store if you have one around you and you can there's no like details about how it works doesn't cost money or what but you can give them a disc of a game like a disc of forza horizon 4 and they'll give you a digital code in return for it so huh. that way if you re, if you bought the new one you bought this discless one then you could uh still play your games if you own a, you don't own a digital copy for it so, um, I mean, I feel like, you know, at this point in the generation, they've lost. Now they're kind of, and I feel like, I mean, really, whether they won or lost, they, this is something they, I wouldn't be, I think is interesting to try out. I feel like this is definitely like a trial thing. Like, ah, let's throw it out there and see what happens. Like, I mean, it's Microsoft. They have, they can burn some, some dollars here and there. Um, and, you know, kind of see what happens. Like they, like they tried out the... Uh, doing the two-year plan thing for X360s towards the end of the generation, uh, last generation, uh, where you paid X, X amount a month and for two years. Um, so it, it's definitely, I think it's kind of like, a, this is one of those, 
throw shit at the wall and see what sticks kind of things. Um, and obviously digital is is building and becoming more and more every year. Like more people, more and more people are going digital. I have gone uh, mostly digital, I would say. Uh, little, I don't know, like 50, 60% digital on my games now. Um, when it comes to buying like the, the one, like the big AAA stuff nowadays, uh, and something you were asking me that five years ago, I would have vehemently said never would I buy a game digitally. And now here I am. Um, so it's interesting. I, I kind of like this idea and to see where it goes, especially if it's, you know, for only if it's the cheaper of the options to see what happens. What about you, Gables? Honestly, I'm not too surprised that uh, Disless Xbox is in the works because the whole aspect of having a cheaper model and then having it be having it be just useful and stuff like that for just digital content only is actually not that bad of an idea mm-hmm. in terms of that aspect. And considering that they're trying this now at the end of the Xbox One's life cycle and stuff, kind of suggests that they're trying to kind of work the market to see how much of an interest would be for a discless console in general. So, honestly, I think this is a pretty good move by Microsoft in terms of uh, potentially having, say, have this whole disc-to-digital stuff. I mean, the, the idea actually sounds pretty interesting to where if you have, like, say, your old disc or something lying around and stuff, okay, less space. Let's go ahead and let's trade in this game and get the code and stuff and just go ahead and input it on my console, you know, since storage is now not even that much of an issue anymore because you can get external hard drives you can update your current hard drive stuff hell if you wanted to you can get like a three terabyte damn like uh, external hard drive and you probably won't even have too much issue at the moment yeah but uh but yeah you know it's just i love the idea that there is this type of option that exists for people whether or not if potentially i would use something like that that still remains to be seen but I'm not opposed to having digital games. Honestly, I have had my entire PSP collection that I had. Let's see, I end up getting rid of it, and I end up rebuying most of the games that are digital that I play on my Vita from time to time. So it's like, it's just that thought that has occurred to where maybe potentially I would like to go digital on more different types of things. I mean, I've experimented with the idea potentially for the PS4 as well, but... At this moment in time and stuff, I'm not fully there yet. But uh, honestly, I would like it if, say, Microsoft released a console like that. <laughs> yes, yeah. and it's definitely you know with with the rumors that came out a few months ago with the Xbox Scarlet the next Xbox being a uh, there'd be two models at launch, one like the Xbox One X style souped up one, then there'd be the the cheaper model for a couple hundred bucks that's going to be streaming only, no digital and streaming only. Uh, this feels like it's definitely, I mean, it kind of feeds more into like the, thinks me to think more and more that this rumors are true. Um, it's kind of, like I said, it's kind of a test to see, see how it works out, see how it happens. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Sony maybe tries this too eventually. Um, I think the only downside is it's, it's going to, it's not going to make it by the holidays because I think it'd be, I think it could potentially be a big seller. It'd be the cheapest. They already have the cheapest console with the Xbox One S, uh, that model out there on the market. Um, then possibly have an even cheaper model. Um, with, plus with Game Pass, you can you can give them a, yay, three months of Game Pass and gold for free with this. And you have an instant digital library right there. Um, so it, it sounds smart to me doing this. But um, 
let's go ahead and wrap up the show. Gables are going along this All week. Right. Um, if you want to hear more from us, uh, oh, thank you for listening, first off. But if you want to hear more from us, we have a Facebook page and group, Drunk Dashers Podcast. Like and join us on there. On iTunes, Drunk Dashers Podcast. Give us five stars. Leave us a comment, please. We really appreciate it. And also, just click that subscribe button on YouTube at Drunk, at Drunk Nerds. Uh, subscribe to us on there. Give us a big thumbs up. Podcast goes up on there as well. Leave a comment, please. Uh, more people that give us nice reviews, comments, uh, likes, whatever. Um, more, more is that people more likely people see us and also on uh, Twitter at Drunkness Pod follow us on there and also on twitch.tv Drunkness Podcast follow us on there uh, especially follow Gables at uh, twitch.tv slash Colonel Gables yep. as well he's trying to become a Twitch affiliate so we'd really appreciate it if you did that um, but until next time guys I've been your host I was Tyler and I have been Colonel Gables so until next week everyone have yourself a fun week Definitely play yourself some fun games if you have some. And most importantly of all, thank you for enjoying another fun-filled episode of the Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Hey, hey Gables. Yeah. Too sweet. Too sweet. Bye, guys. See ya.